Hi, am I on the air? Yep. Fuck. Thanks. We interrupt our program to bring you a special broadcast. Is this thing gone? I said shots to Nick and Dawn. Him on the air radio every Sunday night, man. What up? Red Dragons. Shout out to the boy, Nick. I see you done. You about to witness the real talk, real talk. Put it in your air. We reach it for the sky, but we put it in the air. Not a glass jar, but I tell it to you clear. Am I on the air? We rock. Here's your whip, man. Am I on the air? Here's this mic here for nothing. My demographic pull do box office numbers. Weekend reviews said we number one getters. Now y'all all here, we're number one getters. Uh, turn it on, Nick and Dawn. And I'm like, turn it up, what the fuck, eh? We air it out, wear it out, and we winning. Him on the air, follow back, and we trending. You can't tell me what I bet not be. Don't give a FCK about the FCC. I'm the head for the hellas, voice for the voices. Him on the air, Sunday night, and I'm off this. Yes, I am. What up, everybody? What is going on? It is June 8th, and it's time for another edition of Am I on the Air? Tonight, it's Season 8, Episode 18, Download, Listen, Repeat. That is tonight's show title, uh, kind of in line with our big movie of the week, which is Edge of Tomorrow. Um, If you've seen the posters and everything, you know that the big tagline on that movie was Live, Die, Repeat. Live, Die, Repeat. So tonight's show is download, listen, repeat, something I would like you to do on a weekly basis as the new episodes come out. So welcome once again everybody, I'm your host, Don Mega, and join me on this ride as I take you through the latest and the greatest in the world of entertainment news, TV, music, movies, and of course, reviews. Like I said, tonight's big review, Edge of Tomorrow, and um... On a quick shout-out type note, I want to make sure, if you didn't catch last Sunday's episode, or if you were wondering where was the episode last Sunday, and you didn't see that there was another episode since then, I would like you to go back and check that out. Because, yes, typically we do a new show every Sunday night. Did not get to do a show last Sunday night. But, put out a brand new show Monday night, so just literally 24 hours after a normal show would have went out, um, I did it on Monday night instead. That episode was called A Million Ways to Blend on the Air. Did the, did a review of A Million Ways to Die in the West, did a review on Blended, and of course The Week in News. So if you happen to have missed that episode, go back and check that out. But now we're on tonight's episode, Download, Listen, Repeat. Season 8, Episode 18, let's get it cracking, starting off with our movie review of the week, Edge of Tomorrow. This movie just came out Friday, stars Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. Uh, The original title for this film was called All You Need Is Kill, and it's actually based off uh, a comic, um, some people say a graphic novel, Um, it definitely comes from that uh, literary world, and... um, you know, close, right around Comic-Con time, 
they said they changed the title from All You Need Is Kill to Edge of Tomorrow. I get the Edge of Tomorrow tagline, although All You Need Is Kill was a way cooler title. Um, Basically, the gist of this film is Tom Cruise plays um, a major in the military, but he he is their PR guy. You know, he, he is not a soldier, he does not fight, and he just goes around, he's the guy that they send to CNN and all the news networks, and he's the one that says, you know, um, hey, everything's going well, and you should all, you know, join the military, and just everything. Uh, he's, he's the public face of the military. Uh, there is an alien invasion going on, and he ends up getting put into active duty, um, which he truly does not want to be a part of, and that's the whole reason why, is because he's just the PR guy, and I really like the arc of his character because he was, he's somebody that was, is very happy with the way that he is, just being the public face of the military and not having to, um, get his hands dirty, so to speak, but he's left with no choice, and he ends up getting put into the war, and, um, he ends up getting killed in the war, um, by one of the aliens in the movie, and cool thing about it is he inherits, basically, this power that every time he dies, the day resets, and that's a about as much as I can give you, because, <laughs> once again, we do like to stay spoiler-free. Um, so, you know, basically, he just, he starts reliving this day over and over and over again, uh, figuring out what he needs to do to try to help win this war, um, and trying to really maximize this power that he's been given uh, from these alien creatures. And Emily Blunt is, is this really badass chick in this movie. She's one of the best warriors in this fight. And she... She knows what Tom Cruise's character is going through, so she says, you know, even if you get killed, whatever, come back and find me, come and see me, I will train you, you know, because he's he's not a military guy, he doesn't know how to fight, and she's one of the most badass ones in the movie, so she says, come find me, I'll teach you, I'll train you, and we'll win this war together. So, it's kind of the gist of it. The aliens, I thought, were pretty badass in this film. Uh, they're called Mimics, I believe, and um, they're really, really cool looking. You can't really tell what they truly are based on the trailers, which is cool because at least they give you something special to to see when you actually see them up close. Um, you know, they looked very much like the squids, or the squiddies from uh, the Matrix movies when I f- saw the trailer, and... Um, Seeing them in the actual movie, they have hints of that, but it's not any anything like that. Like, they're way cooler looking. And um, so I was really impressed by that as well. Um, I really, really, really liked this movie. I knew I would, but I liked it even more. Um, there's a lot of humor to this film, which is something you don't really get from the trailers. Um, there's something about that whole, you know die and and the day resets kind of thing and and as he's trying to learn to train and and all these things are happening and he dies over and over and over again the editing and the pacing is done so well that it never loses its momentum this is a two-hour movie that has no fat to it like it just goes it just goes and goes and goes and goes and goes the action's incredible the special effects are incredible i saw this in imax 3d really well done for that um I'm a big fan of Tom Cruise. He gets a bad rap lately, but there really hasn't been a movie that this dude's been in 
for the most part that I haven't liked. And um, he can he consistently turns out really great stuff. I can't wait for Mission Impossible Five. I love Emily Blunt, one of the most beautiful women on the planet <laughs> going today. And um, you know I love uh, you know I like the chemistry between these two. Everything was just so spot on great in this film. Um, Bill Paxton has a nice little role in this film. Um, it just everything was really top notch. So, I really, really liked it. I give a big thumbs up to this. I am recommending that you go see this in the theater. This is a movie, this is a big summer blockbuster popcorn flick that will be better suited up on the big screen. Definitely recommend IMAX if you can. Uh, the 3D was okay. It didn't It didn't really need it, but it definitely went with the IMAX experience. So, I'm not going to complain about that. Um, but... I think you'll enjoy this. If you like a good sci-fi action with a little bit of humor, you're going to love this film, no doubt. It is currently sitting on Rotten Tomatoes at 90% fresh and 92% fresh um, audience rating. 90% fresh was critic, 92% fresh audience. So that is really high up there for um, for the Rotten Tomatoes site. And... Um, they can be pretty harsh on film sometimes, but when a movie's good, a movie's good. And this one is definitely stacking up there. A little bit of a disappointment in the box office side of things. The movie debuted actually at number three in the box office um, with $29 million. This movie cost $175 million to make. So it's going to struggle a little bit. And I say a little bit because internationally this movie's doing very, very well. It opened up number one in the world with over $80 million. So $80 million internationally, another $30 million here. It's already over $100 million. So uh, I think it's going to be okay once the, the um, international box office keeps going on it. Um, but it's a little sad that it's kind of getting kind of pushed to the side. A lot of people weren't overly thrilled to see this movie. Some people said it had a really bad marketing campaign. Um, I don't know if I'd agree with that, because, I mean, I was sold on the trailers, but a lot of people didn't like the trailers and said it didn't look all that great. So, the marketing has hurt it a bit, and I think that you need to push all that stuff aside, and um, Tom Cruise is at his best, and Emily Blunt is awesome, the action's awesome, the special effects are awesome, the story's really, really cool. So... I mean, this movie really does have it all. It really, really does have it all. So, um, for me, on a scale of 1 to 5, out of 5 stars, I give Edge of Tomorrow 4 out of 5. Love this movie. Um, I wouldn't even mind to go see it again. I'll definitely buy this on Blu-ray when it comes out. So, I can't recommend it more than I am. So, check it out. Edge of Tomorrow, 4 out of 5 stars. All right. Let's keep it a-rockin' and a-rollin' with our news of the week as we transition over. Uh, our new Honest trailer, speaking of Tom Cruise, our new Honest trailer of the week is for Top Gun. Um, we have another new trailer for Very Good Girls. This is a new movie starring Elizabeth Olsen and Dakota Fanning. Um, our Everything Wrong With series, we have Everything Wrong With Gravity, and it also includes special guest Neil deGrasse Tyson, um, who of course does the Cosmo show over on Fox, and uh, it was pretty cool to hear his insight on a movie like Gravity. 
Um, we, on top of that, have the second official trailer for Hercules, the new Dwayne The Rock Johnson film. like this trailer a lot. Um, actually just watched the international trailer earlier today. I'm going to end up having to post that. I haven't posted it yet to the site because a lot of times the international trailer is exactly like the U.S. one with maybe a second or two of new footage. The international trailer is actually really, really good and has a lot of dialogue. And I mean, it actually shows a whole other side to this film. So we have the official second trailer up on the page on our Facebook and our Twitter. I'm going to post the international one a little bit later so you can check that one out as well because it's, it's a totally different take on the movie. Uh, in an interview the other day with Sigourney Weaver, she said that she's actually opened the plane Ripley again in another alien movie. Um, no word as far as moving along with another alien movie. The studio's not saying they're going to go run and make another one, but you know, for a long time Sigourney Weaver has basically said she's pretty much done you know at this point like she 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 said she didn't want to do it anymore it had been done and now she's completely open to returning to the franchise so that's pretty cool i think it'd be pretty tight to see sigourney weaver return to the role that really really did it for her um mark your calendars because we have the official premiere date of sleepy hollow season two it will debut on fox on september 22nd um, for all you video game fans out there, I know some people, a lot of people are actually really bummed about this. The new Batman game, Arkham Knight, was supposed to be out later this year. It has now been officially delayed to 2015. No exact release date at this time. Uh, continuing talking about video games, congratulations to Ubisoft and their new game, Watch Dogs, which I have Watch Dogs on the PS4. Love it to death. Uh, Watch Dogs has sold more than 4 million copies in just one week. Wow, that is awesome. Congratulations to Watch Dogs. Um, Angelina Jolie doing more red carpet tours for Maleficent uh, actually said that she loved playing this character and she's definitely open-minded to returning to it for a sequel. Now, Disney has not stated that they're going to do a sequel yet for Maleficent, but it's kind of a no-brainer when it comes down to it because of the fact that this movie made a lot of money and, you know, even though a lot of people don't seem to like it, the general consensus is that Angelina Jolie was amazing in it and really knocked it out the park, so uh, it's it's no shock to me that, you know, she really connected with this character and has a lot of love for it and would like to maybe, you know, take another swing at it. So I think the chances are very high for a Maleficent sequel, and it looks like Angelina Jolie is keeping that door cracked open just a tad. Um, Jonathan Rees Myers and Ron Perlman have joined Roland Emmerich's new movie Stonewall. Um... And we had some breaking um, directing news. Scott Derrickson is going to direct Doctor Strange. Um, for those of you that don't know, Doctor Strange is a Marvel movie. Um, they hinted at his character in Captain America the Winter Soldier, so I kind of had a feeling he was coming. Um, but, you know, it, what's kind of weird about this news is that they casted a director before Marvel has even officially announced that they're going to do a Doctor Strange movie. They have no actor attached. They have no writer attached. <laughs> and and they've already locked up a director. Um, but yes, yeah, Scott Derrickson is going to direct Doctor Strange. He, um, you will know him from directing Sinister. Um, trying to see what else he's done. He's a... Uh, um, 
a horror a horror director. He's directed the new upcoming movie Deliver Us from Evil, starring Eric Bana, which comes out next month. Um, he wrote and directed Sinister. He will he wrote and produced Sinister Two. Um, he also did The Exorcism of Emily Rose. So, um, kind of interesting going with a horror director for Doctor Strange, but, uh, this guy has a very good eye, so I'll take it, you know, and of course rumors are starting to circulate, speaking of Doctor Strange, of some rumored names of people that could be involved. One of the rumors I saw the other day, um, was Jared Leto, uh, Academy Award winning Jared Jared Leto now, after Dallas Buyers Club. Um, you know, at first when I heard about this, I was like, Jared Leto? But then I sat and I thought about it for a minute, and I was like, he'd actually be pretty damn good. And now I'm pretty stoked on it. Uh, the unfortunate side is, is that since the past several days have passed, a lot of articles are saying that there's really no weight to the Jared Leto rumors, uh, which really does bum me out, because I kind of got my hopes up on it. Um, I think Jared Leto would have been really, really good as Doctor Strange. You know, he's never really had um, a franchise role and this would have been something really good for him to wrap his arms around. Uh, in the last couple of days, though, supposedly on the top list for Marvel to be Doctor Strange is none other than Benedict Cumberbatch and um, Tom Hardy. So, I, t- I don't love either of these two being it. I don't hate it either. Both really, really good actors. You best know um, Benedict Cumberbatch as Khan from Star Trek Into Darkness. A lot of people know him as Sherlock from the BBC Sherlock show uh, that's on Netflix. And and um, Tom Hardy, of course, mainly a lot of people know as Bane from The Dark Knight Rises, um, which, you know, is kind of hard for people to wrap their head around, you know, Bane becoming Doctor Strange. Um, but those supposedly are the two main names at the top of Marvel's list for this. Out of those two, I like Tom Hardy more personally, but I see Benedict being a better fit for it. So, I don't know. I don't know what direction Marvel's going to go, but those are three rumored names there. Jared Leto, Benedict Cumberbatch, and Tom Hardy. So, I, like I said, Jared would be my top pick, um, but if any of these three got it, I, I wouldn't hate it. So, um, that's your latest on the rumor front for Doctor Strange. Um, this is a very weird move right here. Set to come out next month was Jupiter Ascending, the new Wachowski, um, siblings movie, um, Jupiter Ascending starring Channing Tatum and Mila Kunis. Um, this was supposed to come out like July 18th, literally a month away. And Warner Brothers has announced that the movie has been bumped from next month all the way to February of 2015. Take a quick sip here. Ah, excuse me. So, July to February of 2015. Last we saw something like this happen, it was G.I. Joe Retaliation. G.I. Joe Retaliation was supposed to come out like at the end of June. And then, literally a month before, uh, in May, they bumped the film all the way back to March of the following year. And they claimed it was for a 3D post-conversion, and, you know, some people thought there was reshoots and this and that. But a lot of people always believed to G.I. Joe that it was just that the movie was testing poorly, and they didn't think it was going to work out in the middle of the summer, so they pushed it back. That's the vibe I'm getting here 
with Jupiter Ascending. Uh, Jupiter Ascending, when the movie studios and the theaters are tracking these films and they're, you know, they're doing surveys with people saying, what, you know, what are you looking forward to? And, and what do you, you know, what are you most interested for this summer? Jupiter Ascending was the lowest tracking big budget movie to come out this summer. And being in the middle of July, most likely the movie was going to bomb. It's an expensive film with big stars and it was probably going to bomb and bomb hard and lose the money, lose the studio a lot of money. I think Warner Brothers pulled a quick one here to kind of save face. Um, depending on the articles that you read, some are saying that the Wachowskis said that they just need more time to complete visual effects. Yes, this movie does have a lot of special effects in it, but you're telling me a month before it hits theaters, they're not done with the special effects yet? I don't know. That's a hard one for me to wrap my head around. But, um... But it, let's say that's the case. Okay, cool, whatever. They need to work a little bit longer. February, that's a long pushback. It's not like they're just saying, oh, we'll come out in October instead or something. February seems like they're taking a very weak month with not very much competition. And then they're going to put this movie out then. Which might be a great thing for them to do because who knows, you know, in February there's not much coming out. So Jupiter Ascending can come out and just dominate the whole month and become a big hit where it would have got eight up in the middle of the summer. So it's always interesting when these things happen, especially when they happen within 30 days of an official release. <sighs> it's a little crazy. And that's, speaking of G.I. Joe Retaliation, that's two films now in a row for Channing Tatum having this happen to him. So, but there you have it, man. Jupiter Ascending bumped from July to February of 2015. All right, let's keep the news rocking and rolling. Um, let's see here, what else? Oh, big, big news here. So we announced a couple weeks ago that Gareth Edwards, who directed the Godzilla film, had been signed on to do the first um, Star Wars spinoff film. And um, so that's really cool and um, very, very exciting. They announced a couple days ago that Josh Trank will be directing the next standalone Star Wars film. Very, very cool. Um, what I love about this is, you know, Josh has a really good eye, and he's another big Star Wars fan. He's currently shooting the Fantastic Four reboot, and he directed the um, movie Chronicle. So the dude's got a great eye, loves sci-fi, you know, obviously loves comic book type films, and um, I think he's somebody that will really grasp on to the Star Wars universe, so congratulations to Josh Trank lining up the Star Wars solo film. Just like the Gareth Edwards one, though, um, Disney is not saying what film they will be directing, just that they are directing it. So Gareth Edwards will do the first one, which is expected to be the Boba Fett movie, and Josh Trank will do the second, which most likely will be the Young Han Solo movie, although this is unconfirmed, okay? All that we're confirming is that they are attached. All right, uh, Will Smith is going to be headlining Ridley Scott's new produced um, NFL Concussions project. Don't know much about this movie, um been hearing a lot about it you know there's a lot going on right now with the nfl and concussions and stuff like that i don't follow the nfl so i can't speak too much on it um but will smith attached really to anything is a, is a good move for any studio so congratulations there um penny dreadful has been renewed for a season two 
over on Showtime. So congratulations, they actually not only got picked up for a second season, they got picked up for a second bigger season. Um, this first season of Penny Dreadful was eight episodes, and the second season has been picked up for ten episode run. So congratulations there. I'm just barely getting into Penny Dreadful. I've only watched one episode so far, uh, and I liked it. I mean, it was pretty good. Just I've been falling behind for a couple weeks, so. Um, but congratulations, doing very very well in the ratings. Uh, Naomi Watts has joined the Divergent sequel, Insurgent, so she's been added to the roster there. Um, let's see here. Um, another rumor mill of the week, speaking of Emily Blunt, the great Emily Blunt from Edge of Tomorrow. Uh, she is supposedly being rumored uh, for a role in Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Um, some reports are saying that she's actually going to be Selena Kyle, who we know from the Batman universe, becomes Catwoman. Um, Emily Blunt is Catwoman? Yes. Check, please. Um, that would be awesome. Uh, although, you know, take these rumors with a grain of salt, because you never know what these really, tr- truly turn out to be. Um, from some of the other reports I'm reading, they're saying that they... She probably will get a role in the film, but they're saying it probably is not going to be Catwoman, so that just that might be a stretch. Um, but I gotta let you know what the rumors are, and the rumor is is that she may be Selena Kyle. All right. Um, oh, I like this. Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell are looking to re-team up on a new comedy movie called Daddy's Home. Um, I really like the sound of this. Um, Daddy's Home um, would re-team Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell from The Other Guys, which I love The Other Guys, and um, supposedly from the story of this, um, Will Ferrell and his wife get a divorce, and he's got a kid, and Mark Wahlberg comes in and starts, and he starts dating Will Ferrell's ex-wife, the mother of his kid, and he's kind of a dick, and he's such an asshole to the kid, and, and just an asshole in regular life and Will Ferrell is trying to be a good dad and he's competing with Mark Wahlberg for the affection of the kid. I don't know. It's a simple plot, but just the idea of asshole Mark Wahlberg treating a kid like crap and Will Ferrell trying to hold it together and keep it together. Um, sounds super interesting to me. So, um, I think this sounds awesome. The movie's called daddy's home and I'm very, very excited for this, because with the two of these guys in it, I think it's going to be awesome. And I just hope it's a rated R film, because I would, with a premise like this, I would really love to see them push, the, push some boundaries with it. Um, you know, earlier in the week, some leaked photos of the Star Wars set came out, and one was that they, a picture of the Millennium Falcon, uh, which was really cool, because they're actually building a life-size version of it, because they're trying really hard to do practical effects with the new Star Wars film. And, um, so, JJ released a photo, and it's an, it's a photo of a note that says, I wish people would stop leaking photos from Episode Seven and making ridiculous claims that the Millennium Falcon is in this movie. Signed, JJ. And the funny thing is, is that the note is actually sitting on the chessboard that's inside the Millennium Falcon. So if you're a fan of the original Star Wars films, you know about the chessboard, the holographic chessboard. And it's really a tongue-in-cheek, great, great 
um, move here from JJ to put a note out saying, like, stop leaking photos, and it's a ridiculous claim that the Millennium Falcon's in this film, um, when the note is sitting on the chessboard from the original film. So, it, nice nice job, JJ. That was, that was a cute move there. Alright, let's keep it rocking. we got another new trailer for the movie called The Best of Me. This is the new Nicholas Sparks film. Um, Nicholas Sparks, best known as the guy behind The Notebook. Um, he's the romantic, you know, love story director. Um, adaptation. He does all those adaptations of the love stories. And I actually just watched this trailer earlier today for the first time. I posted it back on June 5th, but I... <laughs> watch this trailer earlier and I laugh because it shows a, a young couple together in their late like teens and there's a guy in it who looks like he's like 30 years old and and then a girl that looks like she's about 18 19 right and they fall madly in love together and of course it's forbidden and they have to go their separate ways then years later they meet up again Right, and in the years later version, the the girl has become Michelle Monaghan, which this girl looked nothing like Michelle Monaghan, and the guy has become James Marsden. <laughs> now, this dude, if you watch this trailer, I want you to watch it just to laugh at this because this guy, like I said, in the flashback scenes, already looks like he's like thirty years old, and then all of a sudden I'm supposed to believe that he just turns into James Marsden like ten years later. It's this. It's the weakest, like, young person to old person flip that I've ever seen in a film. This dude looks nothing like James Marsden, and he looks damn. He looks old as fuck. And then he, I'm supposed to believe he becomes James Marsden. It, it was pretty damn laughable. So, um, come on, James, just go back to being Cyclops, please. Um. So, uh, Chris Hemsworth is doing a new movie called Cyber, and uh, it looks like that film is probably going to be retitled Black Hat. I don't know much about it. Um, it's supposed to be a really, really cool thriller-type film. Um, I like the name Cyber, but I think some people might be thinking it's a little bit something different. So, um, so I don't know what Black Hat, how Black Hat plays into it, but... Oh, well. Um, Disney has hired Bill Condon to helm a live-action Beauty and the Beast. Now, this will be a live-action version of the Disney cartoon Beauty and the Beast film. So, that's kind of interesting. You know, with the success of Maleficent, they're starting to do this now. They're going to do Beauty and the Beast. They're going to do a Little Mermaid. Like So, they're starting to move forward on these live-action versions of the um, movies that you grew up on. Uh, Mark Ruffalo did a review or did an interview the other day on the set of Avengers 2. He says that the Hulk has an even bigger and more important role in Avengers: Age of Ultron. Um, in the interview, he goes on to talk about how himself and Hawkeye actually have way chunkier, meatier roles, um, which makes sense because they're the only two characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that have not had any screen time since the last Avengers film. So I like that Joss Whedon's kind of playing into that, and he's giving them something new to do, since you know they're the guys that we haven't seen on film since the last film. Um, Denzel Washington is in negotiations to um, be a part of the Magnificent Seven remake. Uh, Antoine Fuqua, who has directed the latest Denzel Washington film, The Equalizer, which comes on September, he's also in negotiations to direct this, so this would reteam him and Denzel together. So that's cool. 
uh, Ghostbusters is getting a theatrical re-release and a 30th anniversary Blu-ray set. So congratulations there. That's really, really cool. Um, this was some pretty big news for Walking Dead fans. It came out the other day that that Walking Dead now averages about 28 million viewers each week. That is ginormous. That is factoring into first-run plays, reruns, DVR, on-demand, Netflix, like the whole nine factors into all of that. <clears throat> and that brought it up to 28 million viewers, which is which would mean that it's probably one of the, if not the, highest rated show on television going today. So, very cool. Um, Legendary Pictures has signed, Legendary and Universal have signed a 15 picture deal um, with IMAX to release their films in IMAX screening. So, that is really, really cool. Uh, they're going to be releasing Fast 7, and they're going to be doing this new Dracula movie with Luke Evans, um, and a whole bunch more for next summer. So, uh, all of that, um, the, the well, World of Warcraft movie and so forth, all going to be released in IMAX due to this new deal. Um, Game of Thrones has officially surpassed The Sopranos and is now HBO's biggest hit series of all time. So, I do not watch Game of Thrones. I know everyone loves this show. It's just not my cup of tea, but uh, that's, a, that's a big, big deal right there to become the biggest HBO show ever. So, congratulations to everybody involved at Game of Thrones. Uh, another new everything wrong with is everything wrong with Dragon Ball Evolution in many, many minutes. <laughs> I like the way he titled this one. This video is actually about 22 minutes long. This is a horrible movie. It's so bad. And he dissects the shit out of it. And um, it's good. It's really good. I think the biggest everything wrong with he had done up to this point was the Batman and Robin one, which goes about 18 minutes, I think, 18 or 19 minutes. And uh, this one goes 22. So, whew, Dragon Ball Evolution. God. All right, got another new trailer for Are You, Are you Here is the name of the film. Uh, it stars Zach Galifianakis, Amy Poehler, and um, Owen Wilson. So, uh, this actually looks really, really cool. It's kind of a lower-budget indie-type comedy. But it's not a very full-blown ha-ha-type comedy. It's just, um... I don't know how to really explain it. Like a darker-type comedy? Um, great people in it, though. And, um... I thought it looked really, really good. So, you should check out that trailer. Um... Another new trailer is The November Man. This is a new film starring Pierce Brosnan, and it's cool because it looks like Pierce is going back to his 007 ways. Nice and, uh, you know, nice action type movie. Uh, James Gunn, who directed Guardians of the Galaxy, he says there's going to be IMAX 3D surprises in the film. So, I don't know what that is. <laughs> He's kind of holding back a little bit. Um, but, you know, I had already planned to see this movie in IMAX 3D, so I'm very, it's very cool to hear him kind of s- specify that there's going to be some 3D surprises in the IMAX version. So I'm sure he kind of shot some things maybe a little bit of a different way to really pop in IMAX. And I'm super, super stoked uh, for that when that comes. Can't wait for Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, so can't wait. Josh Boone says that the stand adaptation will be a three-hour rated R version. So that is cool. Uh, Haley Atwell says that Dominic Cooper will appear on ABC's Agent Carter series. This is a question a lot of people have been asking, because uh, Dominic Cooper, of course, played uh, Tony Stark's dad 
in the first Captain America film, you know, which took place in the 50s. So a lot of people were wondering if we're going to go back in time and we're going to do the Haley Atwell show, um, would Dominic Cooper maybe pop up? And they're saying, yep, he will appear on it. So that can mean one episode for two minutes or it can mean a couple episodes. We don't know, but at least he will pop up on it. Um, sad news, Melanie Griffith has filed for divorce from Antonio Banderas. Um, I'm a little bummed about this, you know, it's always always sad when you see what you think is true love, you know, kind of fade away. Uh, they've been married for almost 20 years, and they're filing for divorce, and they have an 18-year-old daughter together. It's always a bummer, especially with Hollywood couples, everything comes and goes so quickly. Um, so, yeah, um... And keeping with a little bit of the sad news, uh, Casey Kasem is in critical condition at, at, a, at a hospital right now. Uh, his status is looking better, though, since this article came out. Um, he's kind of hanging in there. Um, there's a lot of family drama going on with this Casey Kasem thing. I can't even follow it all. Um, and it's kind of weird because a lot of people think Casey Kasem was dead, and he's not. You know, and I don't mean to laugh about it, but it's just kind of weird that so, that so many people think that the guy's dead, and he's actually alive, uh, but he's not doing very well. Um, I guess he's been bedridden for a long time. He's got a lot of bed sores, and they were getting infected, and just really sad stuff. Um, yeah, um, and also keep it. Uh, I hate to keep keep keeping up with this bad news but uh tracy morgan is also in currently in critical condition after a six car crash uh that happened on saturday morning or actually friday night um this is really sad uh there there was an update just a little bit ago though that says that he is stabling out uh he does have a broken rib he's got a couple broken ribs he's got a broken leg uh he'll be in the hospital for several weeks but they're saying that that, he, that his status is looking up so thank god uh, i love tracy morgan and this, this was really a shocker to kind of i woke up to this news actually yesterday uh that he was in critical condition and it's always scary to hear about somebody in in critical condition like that so our prayers go out to tracy morgan and his family and hope everything you know pans out for the best so wish nothing but the best for him um, Channing Tatum did an interview uh, for 22 Jump Street and they asked him about the um, Gambit role uh, Channing is actually giving us a different spin now we had heard the rumor that he would probably debut as Gambit in X-Men Apocalypse which is the next film in 2016 um, but Channing is kind of going the other direction saying that he'll probably do a solo Gambit film first and then hook up with the X-Men in a following feature after the solo film so it's kind of interesting I don't like that idea because I mean we've tossed around that idea before I think to introduce his character they should do it in Apocalypse they should do it in, in an ensemble type film and then spin him off um, I don't really want a Gambit film first and then the ensemble pick I think we should go ensemble and then the solo film so we'll see um but yeah, I just I hate that they nobody seems to be telling us exactly what's going on yet. I mean, as we get closer um, over the next several months, they're going to have to start filming or not filming, but at least getting the core essentials together for X Men Apocalypse. And I think you know that's when we'll need to hear if he's going to be in it as Gambit or not. So um, Matthew McConaughey is now saying that he's open to returning to True Detective. Um, I don't know if that's the case of what they're going to do. True Detective was always meant to be uh, 
a series like American Horror Story that like every season is something a little bit different. Uh, that it would have all new stars for season two. Um, nobody, him or um, Woody Harrelson, were supposed to return ever again. Um, it was always supposed to move on, but now Matthew McConaughey is saying that he's open to returning, so maybe they can work something in with his character. I don't know if the... Because, I mean, it's supposed to take place in a totally different locale, too, so I don't think this is going to happen, but at least you know um, that he's open to it if they decide to maybe go that route later on down the road. Um, Jeremy Renner has confirmed that he is indeed returning for Mission Impossible 5, so that is very, very cool. I was excited about that. Loved him in Ghost Protocol, Mission Impossible 4, and I was curious how many people they're going to be bringing back for that, and uh, Jeremy Renner has confirmed himself that he is returning for MI5, so very, very cool. Um, It is official. We have finally locked in our new director for Ant-Man. It is done. So let it be written, so let it be done. Uh, We also have somebody new working on the script as well, and you know this man, so uh, let's talk about this. So as we all know, we talked about this for a couple weeks now on the show, that Edgar Wright has left the Ant-Man project. Um, Since he left over creative differences, they've reached out to Adam McKay, which Adam McKay did the Anchorman movies. He works with Will Ferrell a lot. Um, he they approached him and wanted him to direct, and unfortunately he just couldn't make it work with his schedule. Just there was just nothing he could do. Um, so he ended up having to drop out. Supposedly they had offered it to um, the guy that did Where the Millers and Dodgeball, and then he also for some reason said he couldn't do it and dropped out. So things have been kind of trucking along, and then we saw we saw the news that they hired the director, that's Scott Durkison, for um, Doctor Strange. And I was like, damn, man, they've already lined up the Doctor Strange director, but we still have no Ant-Man director? This is crazy. Um, and then finally, as of yesterday, they just finally locked it in, and now Ant-Man has a director, and his name is Peyton Reed. A lot of you won't know who the hell Peyton Reed is, and you know, off the top of my head, I didn't know who he was either. So that kind of bummed me out a little bit that I didn't know who he was. Um, but Peyton Reed, um, he directed Bring It On. He directed The Breakup with um, Jennifer Aniston and Vince Vaughn. And he, he lastly directed Yes Man, starring Jim Carrey. So, um, you know, he... Um, not too many films under his belt. Um, but I did love The Breakup, and I did love Yes Man. So, hey, actually, I didn't mind bringing on either, to be honest with you. So, you know what? His his film credits are pretty good. Uh, so, you know, I, I it's not somebody that I'm going to get super excited about, um, but it's not somebody I hate. Now, as far as the writing responsibilities, and this is where it gets kind of interesting... Um, Adam McKay, who I just talked to you about, he was the guy that they offered it to. He's the one that did the Anchorman movies, works with Will Ferrell. Um, Marvel has hired him to work on the script. So Adam McKay will work on the script. He's doing a little bit of rewrites for it. And then Peyton Reed will direct. And Ant-Man is still scheduled to be released in about a year on July 17, 2015. So there you go. Our Ant-Man troubles have been locked up. So it's very cool to see that even though Adam McKay couldn't sign on and he couldn't direct it, that he is signed on to help write the script. 
so and do some of those rewrites. So that is um, very, very cool. And that's your Ant-Man news, ladies and gentlemen. It is problem solved. Um, and I believe... Oh, we also, uh, tonight on TV was the Tony Awards, the 2014 Tony Awards. I'm not going to bore you with the results of this because I really don't care myself. Um, and I know a lot of you that listen to this show probably don't care. Um, but it is something that some people would care. And um, so if you would, we do have the list of all the winners posted on our Twitter and our Facebook page. So check out the Tony Awards 2014 complete list of winners on the page. And that will wrap up the news for the week. And now we'll just transition over to our box office and our release dates of the week. As I get that loaded up. On DVD and Blu-ray, this Tuesday is going to be Jack Ryan, Shadow Recruit, and Nonstop. Um, I actually just watched Jack Ryan a couple weeks ago, and I didn't care for it very much. And it was kind of a bummer, because when this movie came out, I was really, really stoked on it. And... It was just kind of boring, so a little bummed about that. Nonstop, on the other hand, a pleasant surprise. I really like Liam Neeson in this film. With the on the plane, gets hijacked. Uh, nonstop was a lot of fun. In theaters on Friday, Twenty Two Jump Street and How to Train Your Dragon Two. Uh, this would be a good weekend. Early word on Twenty Two Jump Street is it's even funnier than the first one. Um, great positive buzz already going on, which makes me super thrilled because. I can't help but think, you know, when I saw the trailer for 22 Jump Street, I was like, man, this looks like a lot of the same shit from the first movie. Not that that would really bug me, because, I mean, I just like to laugh, and if it, as long as it's funny, that's all I care about. And the trailers are hilarious, but I was like, man, are they going to try to, you know, hang over this, and it's going to be an exact ripoff? Um, early word is that this movie is just outstandingly funny so I am super super stoked to, to go see that this weekend um, and for the family How to Train Your Dragon is going to be a big hit so that'll be cool let's talk down let's talk box office and some interesting stuff we'll get to here in the box office number 10 is The Amazing Spider-Man 2 $1.9 million number 9 is Chef with $2.6 million number 8 Blended with $4.1 million Number seven, Neighbors, with 5.2 million. Number six is Godzilla, with 6 million. Number five is A Million Ways to Die in the West, with 7.2 million. Number four is X Men Days of Future Past, with 14.7 million. Number three is Edge of Tomorrow, with 29.1 million. Number two, Maleficent, with 33.5 million. And your new number one in a massive debut is The Fault in Our Stars. Number one, with 48 $2 million. So let me just holla at you for a second about The Fault in Our Stars. This was a movie that is, of course, based on a very, very popular book. A lot of people were really interested, a lot of females. I, I was reading about 80% of the audience for this film was females. That is big. <laughs> um, you know, this one here was tracking to do really, really well, but no one knew how well. They made this film for $12 million. Now, all we knew was that it was opening against a massively big-budget movie with Tom Cruise called Edge of Tomorrow. And for me, I'm like, Edge of Tomorrow is going to stomp this Fault of Our Stars film. Stomp it. Like, why 
is Fault of Our Stars even opening in June? Like, save this movie for September, October, you know? Like, there's just there's just no need for it. it, it it's going to get washed out. It's going to bomb. It's silly, right? Yeah. Edge of Tomorrow is going to kill it. Well, to my surprise, <laughs> just in the Thursday night pre-shows, Edge of Tomorrow did like $1.3 million. Fault of Our Stars did $8.3 million. Over $8 million for The Fault of Our Stars in just the Thursday night pre-shows. That's insane. That's on the level of X-Men and Godzilla, Spider-Man, like the biggest blockbusters of the summer. This little baby movie called Fault of Our Stars was on level with that craziness and then as the weekend went on it was just doing so good and so good and now look at this number one nobody expected this film to be number one you know everyone was assuming Maleficent would still be number one that that would hold tight and then Fault of Our Stars and Edge of Tomorrow were going to kind of neck it neck and neck kind of you know see who who's going to win in the tie well Edge of Tomorrow 29 million Maleficent falls to number two with 33 million. And The Fault of Our Stars stomps it at number one with $48.2 million for a movie that cost 12 to make. It made almost that 12 just in the Thursday night pre screens. So, congratulations. I mean, this is a movie that has nothing to do with me. I am not the demographic for this film. Um, Shailene Woodley, um, who is, of course, now a big star from Divergent and. Uh, you know, she uh, as as she's blowing up, man. And this this movie has taken her career now to a whole nother level. And you know, like I said, I, I'm not the demographic here. I probably will never even ever see this movie uh, unless the wife would like to go to maybe watch it when we if we rent it <laughs> when it comes out. Uh, you know, she I don't even think would want to go to the theater to see this, but. I can sit here and say I'm impressed that a movie like this for such a low budget just dominated in the middle of summer movie box office season where movies like Maleficent and Edge of Tomorrow, X-Men, you know, usually dominate the box office at these times. And a little baby movie like this made almost $50 million. It's impressive. It's damn impressive. So, once again, congratulations to The Fault in Our Stars really just killing it on the box office. And that, my friends, will wrap us up for the night. So thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I'd like to shout out the affiliates, RedDragonsRadio.com. Red Dragons Radio is blowing up right now. Um, I am proud to, um, you know, be the man behind Red Dragons Radio. I am the uh, CEO and founder, so to speak, of Red Dragons Radio. It was something that, you know, we started as a hub uh, for our main shows that we were all involved with back in the day, like Am I on the Air, Future Endeavors, Matzo Balls, Matzo Balls and Strikes, the shows that me and my buddies um, were all involved in together. And, you know, Matzo Balls and Strikes stopped, and Future Endeavors, we retired Future Endeavors back in February, and Am I on the Air was the only show that was still trekking along over on Red Dragons Radio. 
And I was like, you know what? This this isn't what we want Red Dragons Radio to be. And, you know, my initial vision for Red Dragons Radio was to recruit great podcasts to have on there so we could all benefit from each other. You know, if you come on to Red Dragons Radio and you listen to Am I on the Air, that you may be inclined to click another link and check out another show. Or one of the other shows brings people to the site and then they click on, hey, what's the Am I on the Air? And then boom, we have a new fan. You know, it's supposed to be beneficial for all parties involved. So we've been growing it back up. And it's been going really, really well. So we have Am I on the air? You can listen to Am I Still on the air on there, which we hope to do a little bit more episodes here soon. Um, we have This Week with the Geek, which has joined us now, um, hosted by Geeky Pat over on Twitter. He talks about all the latest in, you know, geek culture, uh, video games and comic books and, and all nine, you know, real, real fun show. Uh, we have Inside the Ropes, which is a great boxing show. I mean, the best boxing show on the web right now is Inside the Ropes, and um, they're on Red Dragons Radio. They get great guests on every single week. They talk to the champs. I mean, they just they got it going down on Inside the Ropes. And we just added Pro Wrestling Nation. Um, PWN has joined Red Dragons Radio, and I'm very happy to have them come along, um, you know, for for me, it's a little bittersweet because Future Endeavors was the wrestling show that really built Red Dragons Radio, and we ret- like I said, we retired that back in um, February, and I've been wanting to put another wrestling show on the network, and um, the guy that runs Pro Wrestling Nation was a big, big fan of Future Endeavors and of all of us, and, you know, because of his support for Future Endeavors, he was the first person I reached out to to bring on to Red Dragons Radio, and he was very happy to jump on board. So now we have Am I on the Air, Inside the Ropes, This Week with the Geek, Pro Wrestling Nation, you know, big, you know, four big shows that are consistently updated almost on a weekly basis. Uh, So a lot of great, great programming going on on Red Dragons Radio right now. So I implore you to follow along and keep up with all of our great shows on the network. So follow on Twitter at Red Dragons Radio. You can like Red Dragons Radio on Facebook. Um, and, it's, of course, the website is reddragonsradio.com, where you can listen to all these great shows. Um, i also like to shout out the Nerd Emporium, uh, one of our big affiliates, too. The Nerd Emporium streams all the new Am I on the Airs a couple of days after they air. So thanks and shout out to Kevin who runs the Nerd Emporium and uh, helps us affiliate over there. Um, along with the Excess Radio Network, you can follow on Twitter at Excess Radio. Uh, Nerd Emporium, you can follow at The Nerd Emporium over on Twitter as well. Alrighty, and now our shout-outs, because it's all about us, right? Um, please like us on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash air. You get all the trailers, all the reviews, pictures. I mean, the Facebook is a great page to have to really be in the know. Follow us on Twitter. It's twitter.com slash air. You can follow us at air. You can follow me at dxdonmega. Um... And, uh, so always be in, once again, I mean, if you follow the Twitter stream, I would, you know, on Twitter, they allow you to create a group. I would go on there, create a group, put MI on the air on there, and that's it. 
only am I on here? And then that way you could check the timeline once a day and just see all the biggest news. Um, we do a big dump of news usually around 11 a.m., another big dump of news around 1 or 2 p.m. Uh, West Coast time, and then, uh, you know, maybe then other stuff sprinkled out throughout the rest of the day. But those are the big dumps throughout the day to really get caught up on news. And, um, of course, we are on iTunes. If you'd like to download, rate us, and subscribe to us, you can do that on iTunes. And um, if you'd like to listen to us in streaming format and do it through uh, an app, that would be Stitcher. Stitcher is your app to uh, download and listen to us on the go. All right? <sighs> All right. So that does it, my friends, for Season 8, Episode 18, Download, Listen, Repeat. Thanks again for tuning in. Thanks for listening. I surely appreciate it, as I always do. I hope you have a great night. I hope you have a great week. And we'll talk to you next time where we'll be reviewing 22 Jump Street on the next exciting edition of Am I on the Air. Peace. Red Dragons!